When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, before we turn the hour here, can I just send a little love in the direction of Phil Kessel of the Vegas Golden Knights, who last night broke the NHL Ironman record. He played in his 990th consecutive game. He hasn't missed a game since his debut, Dominique, which was November 3rd, 2009. What do you think of that? Uh, Cal Ripken's always the Iron Man. I'm from Baltimore, but congratulations, <laughs> Phil. That's awesome, fantastic. Seems like it's really bad for your health, though, to play that many hockey games in a row. Look, I'm not knocking Cal in any way, but no one ever smashed him into the boards. <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point. I take it back. Sorry, one of 990 consecutive hockey games. We had players in the NBA load managing the first game of the season this year. So uh, let's give a little love to Phil Kessel. All right, we are coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We are jam-packed. Huge hour coming. Cindy, let's roll. It is time to get up and, according to A.A. Ron, to sit down. Rodgers ready to relegate. His reeling teammates wait until you hear what he had to say. Then, Tampa Tom. You're not going to believe his response when he was asked if things are going to get better for the Buccaneers. The legendary quarterbacks are in big trouble. And speaking of big trouble, LeBron, Russ, is it time for a breakup in L.A. right now? Stephen A. and Woj will be here with that answer as we get up with you starting right now. It begins in Titletown. The Packers are reeling. They've lost three straight. The streak began in London. The Giants scored 17 unanswered points in the second half. They came back. They beat the Packers 27-22. Then the very next week, the Packers went back home, take on the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, New York outscored them 24-7 in the second half. It was a stunning result that left a lot of people shocked, including Aaron Rodgers. Then this past weekend, the shocks continued. They're playing the Commanders. Taylor Heineke, the starter for the first time this year, he had more yards than Rodgers. Packers lost their third straight. Now they get Buffalo on Sunday night. Here was Rodgers with Pat McAfee yesterday. You have to really be cognizant of when is the right time to speak and when is the right time to listen. There are times to listen, and then there are times where you've heard enough. And now it's start time. It's that time to really crack the whip a little bit. You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. All right, so everyone that, that at was this. That cringe. That is so cringe-worthy. Cringe. It Crack the whip, it go. Was, it was all bad. That's, that's probably bad. not the sentiment that you want to express with your teammates. Let's just start there. It's also not a good idea, G, when you start threatening guys playing time. This ain't high school or college. This are players' livelihoods being out there on the field. And when Aaron Rodgers is saying guys that are making mistakes, maybe they don't deserve to be out there on the field, He's not saying, you know what, we all have to be better. He's pointing at his teammates and saying they have to be better. And what's insinuated within that, what's implied, is that I'm not the problem. When the it, fact is, there's room for Aaron Rodgers' improvement, too. It's not being insinuated. I feel like he's too. being pretty obvious about yeah. it. Like, it's not being, like, delicately insinuated. Well, it's not exactly. But my whole point is, it, 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 it's not as if Aaron Rodgers can't be better on the field, too. Fair. Even on plays where his Fair. offensive line wins all their blocks 
in passing attempts. Aaron Rodgers is 22nd in QBR. That's not good enough. So we can come up with a lot of different reasons why this Packers offense is not on track and none of them have to do with Aaron. Stop right there. We could come up with a lot of reasons why this Packers offense could be better. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That, like, that's the problem. Like, yeah. th- there are way too many reasons that the Packers are not good. They don't run the ball well. This is th- That's the strength of this team. They're not leaning on the strength. And, and as cringy as that was, there's a part of me that loves the deliciousness of Aaron Rodgers being the ultimate villain. Because he's going to say the things that you really shouldn't say out loud. But he's going to say it. And <sighs> he's going to say what we're thinking, yeah. which is, how could a coach who's gone 13-3 and three the last few years not figure out by now that in week eight what you guys are doing is not working, yeah. that we're not leaning on what our strength is? This defense is playing below our expectation. Like, before you get to Aaron Rodgers, there are a lot of other people. So when you talk about playing time, he's affecting players' livelihoods. These guys They're are affecting, affecting their, their own lives <laughs> by not catching the football. Yeah, yeah, but I He's guess, saying we got to do something. Hey, red flags everywhere. Like, what are we doing? But I guess my point is it doesn't serve to make yeah. things better by coming out and saying those things publicly, especially in the forum on the Pat McAfee show. This is not going <laughs> to no, bring his this teammates. This is how he's this gotten is, all his business done. No, but here's done. the thing, this Kmart. Is this is not going to bring his teammates closer to him by is airing there, them out. Is there it's ever, not going to do that. Is there ever a time when you would say that was appropriate? Because, like, I'm, I tend to want to defend the players. And so I'm imagining a scenario. This is not how Aaron Rodgers started this season. Aaron Rodgers probably said this stuff behind closed doors and it didn't work. Aaron Rodgers last week gave a soft launch of like this criticism Mm -hmm. by saying, well, we got to simplify things. And he got pushed back there. So I think that potentially the most generous reading we could give Aaron Rodgers is he really wants to win. Mm -hmm. He's trying whatever he can. And right now, publicly embarrassing his teammates, not something that I would suggest. But maybe he's at his wits end. He's like, whatever, I got to do something. (laughs) Let me ask ask a question to two guys who were in these locker rooms for for all time, and we're not mega stars like like this is, but but we're around them. Like, is there a a, a point that even Aaron Rodgers can't go to? Like, if you're a young player on that team, and he's, it's one thing for him to say you're not playing well. But when he's saying, we need to bench you, is there a point that even the star quarterback can't go to? You can't do that as the star quarterback. You can't say, okay, this guy don't need to be on the field. You can have a conversation with your head coach in his office and say that. You can't say that on the Pat McAfee show. You can't. I I mean, I I disagree with that. I think, and you're not saying specific names, saying we're making too much mistakes. If you want to play, you need to stop making mistakes. It's something that many a leader I've been around have said it in the locker room and said it in the media. I don't have a problem with it. What I have a problem with is is creating the division between us and them. That's what I don't like is if you – is him saying – it feels like he's being an authority, and I think in every locker room, there's a line where there's us and there's them. Sometimes it's between the offense and the defense. Sometimes it's between the coaches and the players. Sometimes it's between the coaches and the front office, and sometimes we're all us. Right now, it feels like Aaron is himself, and he's separating but himself. That's Aaron, where I have a problem. That's, that's what I just said, though, Dad. Right, no, you, you can't, you can't I, separate. There's no way that you can separate yourself no, from the rest of the guys in the locker room. There is a way. This whole offseason was no. about what? him wanting to be seen as more than a player. He wanted to be included in the GM conversation. How's that working out for not, him? No, no, no. This I'm is not the saying, worst I'm start in saying, Aaron Rodgers' career through seven games. I the worst start. That. This is the first time he's been a double-digit underdog going into I any game. There right. are reasons for all, all that. that. So what you're talking about with his leadership style, it ain't working. Airing hey, people out publicly ain't working. Talking about your relationship with the GM, it ain't working. Questioning your head coach's authority, saying you need to simplify things. When he doesn't know what that's talking about, it ain't working. Came out, go. 
I've just been blown away by Chris Christie's <laughs> arguments. Here. No, I'm not saying it's working, but I think he's at a point where yeah. nothing we are doing is yeah. working. And you can't be surprised that Aaron Rodgers, who wants to be seen as more than a player, who wanted integral, like, like uh, he wanted to be a part of the decision-making process within the front office, all of a sudden is acting like there's a line between him and the rest of the team. Let me come to Tannenbaum on this as well, because you're a lawyer, and my father was a lawyer, <laughs> and he would always say to me, <laughs> He would always say to me, in a courtroom, truth is an absolute defense. So no matter how uh, unseemly the way he's choosing to say these things is, the reality is it's true. And true is an absolute, truth is an absolute defense. Does that buy him whatever it is that he wants? Yeah, and Coach Parcells would say winning is the ultimate deodorant. It covers up everything in football that no stinks. And if I'm Matt LaFleur, the way I solve this, guys, I run the ball. And here's why. They're sixth in the NFL in rushing efficiency, but they're 17th in uh, attempt in terms of frequency. So if I'm Matt LaFleur, I tamp the noise down by giving the ball to two really good players in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And, and this way, I don't give Aaron Rodgers this massive platform. I take the ball out of his hands, which I know ordinarily we would never say, but their best but way to win games right now. This? But the best way to win games right now if I'm the Packers yeah. is to run the ball and take it out of Aaron Rodgers' look, hands. Look how, look how obvious that is, though. Like, we've been saying this on this show, and I think that might be part of Aaron's frustration. Like, hello, right. yeah. we lean on what we are good at. Why are we not doing something different? He's talking to Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk, but, but is he really, really talking sending a to message Matt LaFleur? To Matt LaFleur 100%. Right. I think this, this message, the volume's just turned up because last week, I mean, I he think, didn't hear it. But I was just going to say, uh, if he is talking to Matt LaFleur, which I assume he is, my answer on Matt LaFleur is I'm taking the ball out of his hands right. and I'm changing but the way we attack teams. We're projecting uh, our opinions on what's happening. There might be a contingent in the locker room that agrees with Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers and is happy he's saying it. There might be a couple of guys that are making a lot of mistakes and the rest of the offense is looking at him like, why do you keep running these guys out there? Like, we're making this assumption that Aaron's on the island all by himself right. and he's not speaking. Like, that could be true also, where guys in his locker room, like, I've been on teams where we look around and say it doesn't matter how much you're paying this guy why are you still putting him on the mm -hmm. field and that, that creates division if no one speaks up so we're assuming to, that we know so much about this Aaron Rodgers situation that we don't actually know. It feels uncomfortable for us to watch this but we don't actually know how this is going to be received by his teammates or his coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's fair enough Don. We don't know the dynamics of that locker room and how many people are actually with Aaron Rodgers in terms of making this public but you said you've been on teams where that's happened. Show me the team where a guy is going out and publicly yeah. criticizing his teammates right. and it actually gets no. turned around. <laughs> it doesn't give you the desired result. You're not getting the effect that you're seeking out. Good leaders say, I'm with you. Bad leaders say, follow me. Mm. They, that, I didn't get that from any coach that I played for in the National Football League. Those are Aaron Rodgers' own words. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why isn't he following his own advice in this instance? Kmart, give me a final thought. I don't know what to do. Are I they going to the get Packers a turnaround? Will be fine. I think the Packers will be fine. You do. Because, because I actually think Aaron Rodgers, like, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I really do. Whatever the method is, I yeah. think he's like, Matt LaFleur better do something because his quarterback is not happy. I don't. I mean, look, yeah, I don't see is there anything it. he can do? It. Let me ask one well, more question. Look at the schedule. Trade deadline is in six days. Is there a move they can make? I mean, he doesn't Absolutely. have – what is it? I, I would go get a guy like Jerry Judy. He's young. He could run. They need a, an explosive element on the outside, Greeny, that could go make plays right now. Those young receivers aren't getting done. What would he cost? Second-round pick. 
Oh, do it in the blink of an eye. Trade a second-round pick. You have Aaron Rodgers at, at, at the end of you his talk career. You talk about windows. You talk yes. about windows. Well, I, I mean, think. the window is it's, it's just open a crack yeah. at this yeah. point anymore. Yeah, get him under center and run the football is the first step. <laughs> like, get out of shotgun. Aaron Rodgers is not a run threat. You can't, like, dominate a game from shotgun running without a, a mobile quarterback. Get him under center, run the ball, go get Jerry Judy, and revamp this offense and make it more Shanahan-y. Like, Shanahan. you, you, come from, you come from that system. It doesn't look like that anymore. It looks more like spread Bill Walsh. Uh, run and shoot, which isn't going to work in the modern. Quick final word, go. Guys, we can talk about adding talent, but the Green Bay Packers are, from a talent standpoint, better than the New York Giants. The Green Bay Packers, from a talent standpoint, were better than the Washington Commanders. They still caught L's to both of those teams. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than just talent on this team. It's leadership. But because you have the talent, it can be turned around, I think. That's my point. Like, they have the pieces. Yes. Maybe they can. We're going to find out. One way or another, thank you, Pat McAfee, for continuing <laughs> to have that conversation every week. We all appreciate it. Assigned the media. As we continue, Tampa Tom, you're not going to believe his response. But he's got exactly the opposite approach from what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Is that going to work? We'll talk to him about it. Plus, LeBron and Russ, is it time for a breakup in L.A. right now? Stephen A. and Woj will answer that question as they join this party. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I don't know the question you're trying to ask. Be better tomorrow. I'm not answering this. That's a clown question, bro. Next. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? What else do you want to know? Next question. Your next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. I'm not going to answer any questions for you. Answer my question! The question, jerk! All right, we do this every week, but I'm particularly proud of today's questions. I'm putting Dominic Foxworth on the spot, whether he's ready for it or not. Here we go. Eagles, Bills, 
I'm telling you, only one of them is making the Super Bowl this year. Who you got? So the, the real question is, how weak is the NFC or how great are the Bills? I'm going to go with the Bills' greatness over the NFC's weakness. I do have the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl, but if I'm going to put my faith in some, oh, God, he just jumped <laughs> over him again. Every time I see that, I cringe. This defense, the way they're playing, they're going to get Trey back at the corner spot, which is going to improve their defense. That front is really impressive. The only competition they have out there, it seems, is the Chiefs, which they went to Kansas City and won, which means they might get a home game uh, for that championship game. So I think I have more faith in the Bills right now than I do have in the Eagles winning the NFC. Fair enough. Even in the weaker conference, I like it. Next, you spend a lot of time these days in New York with us, and we're happy to have you. So I'm asking you, the two New York football teams, the Jets and the Giants, making the playoffs, either, neither, or both? Well, I think I got to go with the Giants, Greeny. I'm sorry. Hopefully, you'll still have me on this show in the future. I think the Jets are impressive, but the question mark at the quarterback spot is the difference maker. I believe that both of the defenses are really good, but I have more faith in Daniel Jones making something out of uh, a lackluster receiving core. And also, again, this is a question about the conferences. Like, I feel much more confident in the Giants in this weekend NFC and with this great start that they've had than I do uh, with Zach in the AFC. See, that's a lot tougher. All right, let's get Chris Canty in here for the last <laughs> ones. I didn't like that one at all. Uh, all right, uh, last. Give me one team that currently has a losing record that you are positive is going to make the playoffs. <sighs> it's got to be the Buccaneers. Like, it's the obvious answer. They have a losing record, but they're still in first place. Mm -hmm. That division is a mess. They normally would have some competition with the Saints. The Saints aren't standing up to them right now. So I really see them, despite the fact that they're under 500 right now, figuring out and winning the division. What they do after that, uh, I don't have as much faith in, but it's going to be hard for them, I think, to miss the playoffs because there's no other real team, like real competitive teams. The, the astonishing thing in that division is the Carolina Panthers are one game out of first place. They have given up on their season completely <laughs> yeah. and fired their coach, and they're one game out of first. So I think the Buccaneers make a lot of sense. Now, things are not going very well for Tampa. That's the understatement of the century. They play a Thursday night game this week against Baltimore. Listen to what Tom Brady was asked about that game and listen to how he responded. We've seen some underwhelming football on Thursday nights this year. You guys have been underwhelming the last couple of weeks. Is it plausible to think we could see a, a significant improvement from the offense Thursday night? Um, I mean, like I said, I hope we go play well and execute well and, uh, and do our jobs at a high level. That's obviously expectation for all of us. That's what we're working toward this week. And, um, yeah. Okay, so we have Aaron Rodgers over here, and we have Tom Brady over here. Uh, give me my psych major evaluation of how he just handled that. I didn't love it, Greeny. At least <laughs> Rodgers is creepy, as weird as it was. Like, it gave me something. Like, I felt some sort of emotion. Like, watching Tom, what, what struck me is everything the TB12 method is not working <laughs> on the sidelines, smashing tablets, yelling at guys. Um, what he says at the podium, like none, it seems very ineffectual. Like nothing is giving me, okay, the Bucks are good. What I'm leaning on in terms of thinking that the Bucks will be better is that they have talent. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They have good coaches. So at some point, they're going to figure it out, and guys will get healthy. But that's that's what you're banking on when you're looking at the bus. This was not the planned question, but it just jumped into my head when you mentioned the smashing of the tablets. So we've seen Brady, Chris Canty, wearing out his teammates on the sideline. Mm -hmm. That's not the same kind of public 
that being on the Pat McAfee show is, but it's still public. He's aware that people can see it, and the video goes over and over again. So which which of yeah, those? Chris, how about that side of it? Why You've got, is that okay, Chris? No, I'm not, it's a question. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not is is that in your view? a better way of letting your teammates know how dissatisfied you are than going on a talk show and saying, we got to start benching people, as opposed to literally wearing these guys out to their face. Well, I get the optics of what Tom Brady is doing on the sideline, but hearing from Rob Ninkovich, Matt Castle, and other teammates, it's not as if it appears from the outside looking in. This is Tom Brady trying to fire up his guys and trying to get them to play with the level of urgency that's needed to get this thing turned around. But here's the problem with doing that. When you miss the walkthrough in the mm-hmm. meetings before the game because you're going to Robert Kraft's wedding, when you take a week and a half off during training camp, that doesn't necessarily reflect the kind of urgency that you're preaching to mm-hmm. us that it takes in order to compete at a high level in this league. Now, I'm not saying that Tom Brady has an issue relating to his teammates in the way that I think Aaron Rodgers does, but what I am saying is when Brady is not there subconsciously, the, the urgency, yeah. yes. the attention to detail is not necessarily the same. That's Tom true. Brady is the guy that hey. sets the temperature for how these guys focus on what they're doing, the intensity, the urgency, and that's just not there now with the Bucks. Yeah, the temperature in the locker room changes when Tom Brady's not there, and if he's not as committed, it's harder for you to be in the same way or you to be committed in the same way. But I think as, as someone who's had games and had series of games that went poorly – I never started playing better because somebody yelled in my face. <laughs> At no point did I start trying harder because my quarterback or coach said to the media, man, we sure do got to play better at corner. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> and I understand how the optics of it are uncomfortable. So the, the argument there is if I – so in Tom Brady's mind, he's like, all right, these, this isn't working. These guys aren't blocking hard enough. Let me yell at them. Right. Now they're really going to want it. They wanted it before. And in Aaron Rodgers' perspective, I think Aaron Rodgers, at least I can find the logic behind that. Because at this point, Aaron Rodgers is like, look, we've tried everything. Sit these bums down. <laughs> like, that makes sense to me. Yelling at him doesn't. What do you think, Mike T? The whole, the whole, the Brady of it all, because this is a guy you obviously know so well from yeah. all those years. And what would Tom Brady say if you're sitting here? Well done is better than well said. And right now, he's not playing good football. I was in Pittsburgh two weeks ago. Pittsburgh had three practice squad corners called up, and they couldn't get the ball down the field. He's dirty throws. Can't convert a third and one. They lose to Carolina, who loses Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, Matt Rule. It's unacceptable how he's playing right now. So the dower we see publicly, mm-hmm. to me, is a result going back to his performance. But here's, the thing, though, t- here's the thing, though, Mike T. You say Tom Brady's not playing well. Tom Brady, on the third play of the game against the Carolina Panthers, throws a dime to Mike Evans. Yeah. And Mike, yeah, Evans, Mike, drops, drops, and Mike Evans drops the ball. You yep. look at the defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got guys in the front seven jumping out of gaps. Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, they still hitting their head on the goalpost. That ain't got nothing to do with Tom Brady in terms of his overall production. But for what does to have something to do with Tom Brady is him setting the agenda for the franchise and I think it's fair to be critical of him in that regard. Another person that we got to start looking at, Kmart, you mentioned it, Todd Bowles. But wait, hold on, Chris. There's a difference in yeah. terms of the team's attitude with Todd Bowles versus what we Go see ahead, with Mike. Bruce Evans. Yeah. The definition of greatness is to cover all that up. That's what Tom Brady did for 25 years. Right. Go ahead, Kmart. We talk about uh, in training camp, I think what tight end Cameron Brate said when Brady was absent 
it's like it felt weird because he's this omnipresent being. Yeah. And I think what we've seen this year from Brady is he's been omni-absent. Like he just <laughs> seems like not really in it. And I think that's a hard thing for this Bucks team because that's different. They play tomorrow night again against Baltimore. That is, we haven't had the greatest Thursday nights. We got that's a very a intriguing yeah. matchup tomorrow night in Tampa. Meanwhile, as we continue here, we'll explain why things might be about to get a whole lot more complicated for the G-Men, even if they keep on winning. Plus, LeBron, Russ, is it time for a breakup in L.A. right now? Stephen A. is here. Woj is here. We're going in next. Get up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up. Stephen A. and Woj will join us in just a moment as we talk about all sorts of NBA issues. Meanwhile, let me show you the drama in the league last night. Warriors, Suns, Steph Curry, Devin Booker putting on a show. Late first half, Warriors down by five. Not anymore. Steph knocks one down. He had 21. Warriors within two. Now take a look at Chris Paul. Final seconds of the half. Just look in the lower right-hand corner. Three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's up and good. Chris Paul, four of five from three Suns have a six-point halftime lead, but this is where things get interesting, and Stephen A. is in the room. Stephen A., what do we think here? Devin Booker and Klay Thompson, they are getting into it, and it would go on all night. No question about it, but Booker's a superstar. Make no mistake about it, it wasn't the greatest night for Klay Thompson, so... That's just the way it goes. Clay Thompson holding up the four fingers like, okay, you want to have a conversation? I got four rings. That might be the ultimate ending to the conversation. But here comes Mikel Bridges going the other way. Now take a look at what ensues. Draymond gets called for the foul. Thompson and Booker are going to go face-to-face. Next thing you know, they get double technicals. Clay doesn't like it. He's still cranky. Clay Thompson gets thrown out for the first time in his career. Clay Thompson ejected from this one. And from that moment on, it was all Phoenix. Bear in mind, this was a close game and then it wasn't six minutes ago in the third Booker Bridges he had 17 sons up by 13 and now here comes more from Booker he would score 34 in this game and the Suns wind up pulling away 134 to 105 the win for the Suns again on a night where things got a little feisty between a couple of NBA superstars it was the 485th career regular season game for Steph Clay and Draymond all together the 29 point loss actually the fourth largest that they 
they've ever had. It's still early, but the Warriors have lost to the Nuggets and the Suns here, two of the top contenders in the Western Conference. And it is my delight as we get set for countdown tonight. Stephen A's got a special night we'll talk about. Stephen A. Smith and the great Woj are here, but we're not going to talk about the Warriors this morning. We're going to talk about the Lakers because everywhere I go, and I'm sure you hear it too in the streets, what are they going to do? It is a mess. They can't shoot at all. Russell Westbrook clearly does not have a place. We're going to have them on ESPN tonight. Just how bad, in your view, has it gotten this quickly for the Lakers, for LeBron, and for Russell Westbrook? I have to look at Rob Palenka because, listen, here's the reality of the situation. Westbrook cannot shoot. It's just that simple. He can't shoot, okay? He's not a perimeter shooter. I'm not letting Anthony Davis off the hook. Mm-hmm. He shoot about 20% from three-point range. He's been shooting in the 20. Last year it was like 18% or whatever. He hasn't hit a shot. To, it almost feels like he hasn't hit a jump shot since he won the championship, for crying out loud. It just seems that way. Mm-hmm. It's not all Westbrook, but when you look at this squad, they don't work. In an age where shooting is required, they can't shoot. Their best shooter is a guy in his 20th season, okay, that's destined for the Hall of Fame and LeBron James. That's their best shooter. And so when you look at it, listen, I'm not rooting against Rob Palenka by any stretch of the imagination. I know he got an extension because everybody was saying this guy, I was saying this could be it for him after the season. I don't mean he's going to lose, he's going to lose a check. What I mean is they're going to have to reassign him if this stuff continues because somebody's got to make a move. Woj would know that better than me as it pertains to what options are available out there, whether it's in Indiana, it's in Charlotte, whatever the case may be. But the roster does not work because they can't shoot. Darvin Ham, this is not their problem. You're seeing guys get open shots. I mean, that's your job as a coach to set it up, get open shots. They're there. They ain't making them. The statistics back that out. They're actually getting good looks. They're just yes. missing them. Woj, I can't believe I'm asking you this three <laughs> games into yeah. a season. But realistically, what can they do? Well, I, I think a Russell Westbrook move to the bench is probably inevitable unless his performance changes, the team's performance changes. Uh, I'm told probably out tonight against Denver. He's going to see how that hamstring feels tonight. This is a player who never misses games. No player has played more games in the NBA since Russell Westbrook got in the league. But the big trades that people want with the Lakers, Westbrook and his $47 million out with those first-round picks the Lakers have in 27-29, all the deals the Lakers didn't want to do in the offseason, that's all that's there two weeks into the season. Teams don't really get serious about doing deals and, and maybe pivoting away from trying to be a playoff team or trying to go toward the lottery in a year where there's Victor Wembanyama available. They're not going to do that until 20 or 30 games into the season. So all the deals that the Lakers didn't think gave them enough value for trading those picks, they're all still there. Utah, Indiana, who the Lakers talked with a lot in the offseason, I'm told they've not heard from the Lakers yet this season. And so people are going to have to get used to a a team that's not going to be able to make dramatic Mm -hmm. change for a while, right. if really at all this year. Yeah. When I spoke to Jeannie Buss a few months ago, one of the things she talked about was she lamented the fact that LeBron James was walking around very, very upset, very just was annoyed, didn't want to talk to anybody, very distant because that's how bad last year was. And her number one priority was for him to be happy. And she could say that because she knows what's going to make him happy is winning basketball games. Here's the thing. You look at the Lakers, their athleticism, they have enough of it. You look at their defense, it's elevated significantly. They're considerably better defensively. They cannot shoot. 
It's so bad that you can literally, if, if, if you're an executive for the Los Angeles Lakers, you are literally justified in asking Kyle Korver to come out of retirement. <laughs> Anybody that can shoot, because that's how bad they are. And so to me, you were reluctant to make that move. Now you got to get on the phone with Indiana, a Miles Turner, a Buddy Heald for a Westbrook, even if it means giving up those two picks, because I got news for you. There doesn't seem to be anything in sight. But, but once they do that trade, you have to decide, does that make us a championship contender? Does that group, because that's it. Those that's are it. all the assets you have. And I think the Lakers have been prepared. LeBron did his extension, Rob Palenka's extension. They want to try to get uh, another championship or have a championship contender. A chance. A chance. A chance, that's all. In this window with LeBron still, even in 20 years in the league, playing at an incredibly high level. Once, if they do that Indiana trade, which they thought wasn't good enough, right. that's it. That's, that's it. your team moving forward, and they've been hesitant to do that. So, is the best, and, and I was actually listening to Wendy's podcast the other day, and this sort of was the, the subject matter was, is the best route for the Lakers, and the fans aren't going to want to hear this, and I can't imagine that LeBron is going to want to hear it, but is the best route actually... You hang on to Russell Westbrook's expiring contract. You take advantage of all that cap space next summer. You hold on to those picks and do something much more meaningful because no matter what you get, you get Miles Turner and, and um, uh, Buddy Heald on this team. You're still not one of the top well, five teams in the Western Conference. Y'all view it that way. I don't. But it's not about them. If you acquire, let's say, for example, just work with me here. If you acquired Miles Turner, you have somebody that could play the five so Anthony Davis doesn't have to. Right. You're anticipating you're going to get more out of Anthony Davis because from a skill perspective, we know what he can do. He's just not doing it. And then the reality is you can't really trade for him because he's injury prone and nobody's going to want to give up elite assets to get him because they don't trust his durability. But you got Miles Turner at the five. You're able to put him at the four. And you've got a bona fide shooter in Buddy Hill while you've got Russell West. Westbrook, who has, you know, obviously he likes the ball in his hands. He likes to be aggressive in that regard. And for some reason, even though he shoot 8% from three-point range <laughs> at 1 for 12 right now, he just continues to shoot them. And so when you look at it from that perspective, if you get that off, then I look, I, then I'm saying, okay, I get to the playoffs and now it's about what style of play do I exercise? I put the ball in LeBron James' hands. I'll take my chances with that rather than tanking the season, okay, Ticking them off even more, and then who knows what you're going to get. We think Kyrie Irving next summer, mm -hmm. but we don't know what the hell's going to happen. Give me a final word, Woj, just a, a big picture thoughts on all of this. Yeah, I, listen, I think for this Laker team now, they've waited this long. I think you probably have to get into trade season and see what else presents itself out there mm -hmm. because I don't think that Indiana trade, it makes them better. It doesn't make them nearly good enough. And, and the standard in L.A. is not yeah. just being a playoff team. It's trying to chase championships. He thinks the difference between me and Woj is that Woj is starting, and he's making perfect sense. I just think this season will be over by Thanksgiving. Mm. I don't think you have that long. Yeah. That's the problem. We'll see. One way or another, I want to make sure everyone's aware of what a special night we have tonight. First off, we have a doubleheader. we got really good games tonight. We have Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the early spot. This is a nice rivalry. You're going to get KD. You're going to get Giannis and company. Then we're going to see the Lakers. Woj just told you, maybe Russell Westbrook, maybe not. But it'll be LeBron against the two-time MVP. We will have countdown tonight at 7 Eastern here on ESPN. And then... For the first time, Stephen A. will make his way across the hall. Mm. And what do we have tonight on ESPN2? They, well, they call it the NBA in Stephen A.'s world. I don't know what the hell ESPN was thinking. Let me be very, very clear about this. They want me 
in a casual environment, they want me giving the audience a view of what it's like to sit to, to watch me watch games mm. live. And I was like, you know what? I said, listen, man, I got my sister bringing me some food. I'm going to have some drinks. <laughs> right. I got you, Will Bond, and Jay. I got everybody. Feel free to come through. I got peeps calling in. Remember, we're doing the show tonight. We're doing it November 2nd. We're doing it December 2nd. And we're doing it Christmas Day in L.A. They want me in my casual setting. And I said, are you sure? Do I get to do what I want to do? Are you sure you want to do this? They said yes. So I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I'm excited to see your sister, we, Carmen. We go. That's, That's the right. question. Is like Carmen bringing Carmen the lasagna? The is the la- there going to be lasagna? Carmen is coming with the lasagna. Okay. The, the, the chicken, some biscuits, <laughs> some lemon, the whole bit. Whoa, she's coming. Then we she's are coming. in. She's we in will be here tonight. Special she's night, first one. Uh, that's tonight on ESPN2. So a great night of hoops here on ESPN and the network. Meanwhile, as we continue in a moment here on Get Up, we will explain why things are about to get a whole lot more complicated for the G-Men especially if they keep on winning. Make sense? It will. Next, get up on ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, before we go on to anything else, uh, Dan Orlovsky, uh, Meanwhile on Planet Earth is brought to you by 365 by Whole Foods Market. Um, Dan Orlovsky has a lot of really questionable takes, but none of them are more questionable than this. When he was ranking the top Halloween candies, uh, he, you see he's got Kit Kat, he's got dark chocolate at the top. He tweeted that there's no more overrated candy than Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, Dan has some really terrible takes. Kmart. You know what? I'm with him on the dark chocolate. Normally, I don't listen to anything Dan says, but um, dark <laughs> chocolate, I'm with it. Um, Snickers are great. Butterfinger actually is the number one. Gross. Reese's, oh. Reese's Cups. Reese's no. Cups. No, you eat Reese's one of those cups. and you feel sick to your stomach. I mean, Not no. him. He can eat anything. <laughs> well, I was about to say. <laughs> Dominique had, ate at Carbone last night, 10 p.m., <laughs> fell asleep. I slept like a baby. Oh, nice. I would be awake nice. until next Thursday. Okay, anyway, Dan Orlovsky, great analyst food not so much (laughs) let's play the game that's sweeping the nation it's called can he or can't he here we go chris josh allen is on pace to break the single season passing record can he or can't he oh he can't he absolutely when you got weapons like steph diggs gabriel davis and then the new kid khalil shakur it could absolutely happen not to mention dawson box this is a team that's going to lead with the passing game there's no semblance of a running game in terms of being able to provide some balance so josh allen is going to continue to light it up that's the bill's formula for success on offense. All right, next stop is the Jets. Can Zach Wilson lead the Jets to the playoffs? Can he or can't he? Uh, I'm going to say he can't because it's the defense that's leading the Jets to the playoffs. It's not Zach Wilson. Look at what he did last game, which was relatively nothing. What the defense is doing, being able to create takeaways, win field position, and then on special teams, blocking kicks, that is what's going to win the day for the New York Jets, and it's a reflection of their head coach, Rob Sala. All right, and next one, uh, can Daniel Jones be the Giants' long-term quarterback. Can he or can't he? He can, G. I mean, look at his performance with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The guy had over 200 yards passing.
passing and over 100 yards rushing. The first quarterback in Giants franchise history to be able to do that. He's sixth in QBR through the first seven games of the season, and his team has a 6-1 record. you got to give props where props is due. Daniel Jones has really impressed us based on what we thought he was coming into this season. I'm going to call out Giant fans right now, okay? And I'm a lifelong New Yorker and a Jet fan. The Giant fans cannot handle prosperity. All I'm hearing from the Giant fans are, oh no, we keep on winning, and that means we're going to have to pay Daniel Jones. That's a problem everyone else would like to have. So, Tannenbaum, is it conceivable that all these Giant fans in my ear are right when they say the more they win, it is actually creating a problem because of their quarterback? Yes, and that's a great problem to have. Get out of my studio! <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. It's a great problem to have, but this is almost inconceivable. They're going to have to think about franchising him, because if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm dying to get to the market. There are so many teams, at least a third of the NFL green, will need a starting quarterback. He's young, he's ascending. We've seen other quarterbacks get better. Geno Smith, Josh Allen, not saying he's going to be that great, mm -hmm. but when you think about he's going to get at least $30 million a year, his guarantees are going to be upwards of $40, $50 million. If he gets out to the market, someone will pay him much the way Kirk Cousins got paid when he left Washington Ooh. because of supply and mm. demand. So what's funny is different Giants fans are in my mentions because yeah. a few weeks ago when I said this point about the Giants, the more they win, the further down they yep. get from getting a top pick. That's not that's a good problem to have, but I can tell you, being in that building and talking to everybody, they love Daniel Jones. But I can tell you, after seven games, it is not enough time to say, oh, yes, we should definitely re-sign him. Like, the, 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 um, there's, the, it's ongoing. The process of evaluating him is still ongoing. And the reason they didn't pick up the fifth-year option is because the sample size was too small. They, this new regime was like, we haven't seen enough. So far, it has been good. But they are asking him to do what he's asked to do. You talk about but Zach Wilson. They, Daniel Jones isn't out there. He's the NFC defensive, the NFC player of the week. I get all that yep. and credit to him, but it's the system. Dayball is putting him in a system that works to his strength right now, but, and that's not enough here, in week seven. Here's the say. conundrum if you're the Giants. If he graduates, who's your quarterback next year? Yeah. But that, but that's my yeah, point yeah, about yeah. the winning. Like, like they, they are hitting a crossroad. At some point, they're going to have to make a decision that they didn't it's, possibly it's what, foresee. It's, it's what all teams want to get to. They want right. to get to a spot where they have a young, promising quarterback that they're right. excited about signing long term. The question is, should they be excited about the development? Is Brian Dayball maximizing Daniel Jones, or is Daniel Jones finally getting an opportunity to show that he has the potential to grow into something great? That's the tough question. They need to use the rest of this year to figure that out, and maybe even next year. Like, I don't think it's such a bad idea to franchise mm -hmm. tag Daniel Jones, Ooh. sign Saquon to like a two-year type extension like Derrick Henry got, and then you go at it again. And if he improves in that season, then you'll be more than happy to sign him up to a long Why do you deal. disagree with that? No, I agree with his philosophy in terms of retaining DJ and Saquon. I would just flip it. I wouldn't franchise Daniel Jones. That franchise yeah, number that four quarterback yeah. is $31 million. For a running back, it's 12.63 in 2023. Chris, I franchise Saquon Barkley. But what are you and paying? Then I, and then how are you keeping Jones? But I signed Daniel Jones to a deal. But it's not going to be $40 million a year. It's going to be 30. It's not, not going to be that. It's going to be 30. It's not going to be a long, problem, hold on, hold on, let, me, let me finish. And it's not going to be a long-term deal. But is he going to take I, that? Why would he why take would that? He take because, that I don't, because, I don't think he's, because I don't think he's going to get a deal where he's going to get a wrong. There's a third of the NFL. Right. And teams were not even Carson contemplating. Wentz is out here collecting checks left and right. That's because the Colts were dumb enough to give it to him. There's always a team dumb enough to give it to him. Mike, like, it's quite clear that 
You can't. You have to franchise him because if you leave him out there, someone's going to be excited to bring him in. And you're going to have to, if he's going to be your starting quarterback, you got to pay him over 30, give him starting quarterback money. Right. You can't give him backup money and, and make him the starter. And Greeny, mark my words, there's going to be some non obvious teams. Teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, maybe the New York Jets who have a really good team at a massive question mark at quarterback. Daniel Jones will have a market, and the Giants are going to be in a really hard position. I get why you want to franchise Barkley. They may not have that choice. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that last one, but I understand <laughs> the point that you're making. And here's, here's the other thing I'll say about Daniel Jones. You show me the quarterback who's going to have huge passing numbers with those receivers. I mean, you watch drop after drop after drop. No doubt. He is a better – he is passing better I than his know. numbers would indicate. Is that not true? No, that is true. And if you watch that Jacksonville Jaguars game, it didn't take long for you to see Daniel Jones be able to have success in the passing game right. because that's what that defense was giving up. They keyed on Saquon Barkley early. Daniel Jones took advantage of that in the first half, 168 yards passing. In the second Good. half, he did it with his legs, 175-yard rushing as a team. Daniel Jones has gotten to the point where he's not forcing things as much, and he's taking what the defense gives him, and that's a product of having a competent head the coach real, in the building. The, the real takeaway from this segment is before this season started, none of us would have been yeah. considering keeping Daniel Jones. For sure. Now all of us are trying yeah, to figure Giants out how you can Nobody keep him around that way to figure that. out what's And that's a, that's that's a hell a, of a yeah, job yeah, yeah, by but, Daniel Jones. But if you talk about paying him north of $30 million a year, that ain't your dude. But what, that ain't your dude. That ain't your dude. Who's your quarterback That ain't your dude. What's your solution? But you, don't we, got no answers. you don't have a solution, but the worst thing you can do is overpay a quarterback no, knowing no, not for one that, season. That, that's the that, point that, of the franchise tag. You're not overpaying him for one season. You franchise for one season. You're not tied down. What, what did that do to your salary cap so, and your so flexibility here, so, in the offseason? So all this yelling, all this yelling at the table, this is sort of the problem that the Giants will have. Having to Love have these yell. conversations and you have a front office that came from Buffalo who spent years building. Joe Shane spent years watching that whole situation build up. How you build the team. No running game, but a QB. A QB that you want. They're going to build it the right way. The question is, how will they do it with Daniel Jones and Saquon going forward? We will find out. It is a fascinating situation and again, it is a good problem to have. Allie, do I have time just to leave it with a smile with the butt pass or no? I, I, I think America wants to see the butt pass. Okay. Luka Doncic did something last night that was a lot of fun and everyone here will have a smile with it. Luka Doncic in a game that the Mavericks wound up losing, by the way, to New Orleans team that didn't play anybody. He's down. Oh! How about the pass? I Dominique mean, Foxworth. The, the vision is impressive. I mean, maybe it's just awareness because there's no way you can see that pass. Just feeling that pass and <laughs> the, the guts to throw it. This man is special. You I know mean, what? Having seen the butt fumble in person, I'm just glad this worked out. Do we have to go there? I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. If somebody yeah. watched that yeah. from yeah. the press box, I'm yes. just glad to see it. I thought, I thought you were happy to see me. <laughs> That is fair enough. That is the great. That is the butt pass from Luka Doncic. Uh, once again, they would lose this game to a New Orleans team that played without any of their stars. All right, as we continue, first take is on the way. Uh, they're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We've had spirited conversations here. Can the Packers keep it close on Sunday night? Should the Cowboys be worried about the Bears? That's the conversation. First take. They're six minutes away here on ESPN. Well, they've had a great fight coming your way Saturday exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. The former champ, Vasily Lomachenko, goes up against Jermaine Ortiz in the 12-round top-ranked boxing lightweight main event. Coverage begins 5.30 Eastern in English and Spanish with the main card at 10. 
Eastern. Don't miss it. Okay, one final thing before we give way to first take, and that is, I brought this up earlier, and I didn't get a whole lot of disagreement, which surprised me. But change my mind. The Dallas Cowboys are this close to doing something that Jerry Jones, the aging owner, hasn't done in a quarter of a century. They are six days from the trading deadline. They should mortgage their future. They should push all their chips in, trade for Jerry Judy and whoever else you can get, and make that big move and make a Super Bowl run right now. What do you think? Agreed. And (laughs) I'm going to raise you, Jerry Judy, with Odell Beckham Jr. I'm saving my draft choices. I'm going to get a guy that, if healthy, can help get us over the What do you think, Kmart? I'm with it. Normally, I don't like that kind of chaos, but yeah. I mean, they got to compete with the Eagles, and the Eagles are loaded. I don't think they're good enough to beat the Eagles just yet. Adding some more weapons could help, but adding some more firepower in that defense because that's the key for them winning. Yeah, I'm with Dom on this one. Maybe it's because we played on the defensive side of the ball, but you lost Jordan Lewis. You're starting Nickelback. Adding a corner wouldn't be a bad idea, bad way to go. The window is closing on the Cowboys. They got to do something. Well, Jerry Jones ain't buying green bananas, so they got to make a move. (laughs) uh, Mr. Jones is going to live forever. Jerry is going to live forever, but he needs a championship right now, and the NFC is weak enough for him to get it. What a spirited morning. Outstanding. Thank you for getting up with us. Thank you for getting up with us, and the fun continues next. First take on the way right here on ESPN.